Now, how could it be that something written 2,000 years ago could resonate so perfectly with what's going on now? And to be able to describe not only what's happening to us, but how to get through it. Jesus is comparing himself, whom he calls the good shepherd, with the, with the devil, whom he calls the thief. And he says, the thief comes only to rob, to kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. And is that not exactly what's been going on for the past two months or longer? That the thief, evil, through this COVID mess, has been robbing us of our time together, robbing us of time with our extended family, particularly those who are grandparents and grandchildren. It's killed 67,000 people in our country and is destroying millions of jobs and businesses, not to mention what it's doing to our constitutional rights right now. So it's the thief is doing his part. He's doing exactly what Jesus told us to do. And if, if Jesus 2,000 years ago could describe that accurately, what's going on today, I think I'm going to pay attention when he starts talking about himself. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and I have come that you might have life, and to have it to the full. Jesus offers us life. Life, meaningful life. Useful life. Functional life. Healthy life. Eternal life. So we've got this choice, okay? To be robbed, killed, or destroyed, or life to the full. Hmm. That's quite a choice, isn't it? I think I'll take door number two. If only it were that simple. Because you see, it's not just one choice that gets us through door number two. Because the trouble is, both the th and the Good Shepherd are both alive and well. Both of them are active today. Both of them are actively vying for our time and our attention. And God, who loves us dearly, loves us enough to give us the freedom to choose. To choose which way we'll go, to choose which one we'll listen to, to choose which one we'll follow, to choose which one we'll cooperate with. Now, going with the thief is easy. You really don't even have to do anything to do that because your hungers and your hormones and your fears and your feelings will usher you right into his presence. And if you allow your hungers and hormones, your fears and your feelings to rule your life, then you set yourself up perfectly to be robbed and killed and destroyed. Following the good shepherd, on the other hand, takes a little more effort and choice because in doing that, we get to learn how to say no or not yet, to some of our hungers and hormones and fears and feelings. It means living the shepherd's way and following him instead of only what we feel like or want to or where we want when we want to go there. But Jesus offers us life in there. And as we cooperate with him, what we find is that life. And cooperating with the good shepherd not only helps us beat the thief, and avoid being robbed, killed, and destroyed, but it offers us new life, abundant life, life to the full, meaningful life, healthy life, eternal life. Okay, so um, how, how do we do that? How do we 
cooperate with God. Well, we heard about that today in the book of Acts as those first believers cooperated with God as God the Father poured out the Holy Spirit of His risen Son on all of those believers who said yes to Jesus. And it tells us that they, the first believers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. Wait a minute. Doesn't, doesn't that come... Out of our baptismal service, don't you love it when the Bible quotes the prayer book? Well, that's what they did. And those four things, those four things cooperating with God are the ways that we beat the devil and avoid being robbed, killed, and destroyed and find that new life, that abundant life, that full life that Jesus has for us. And let's, let's take a look at each of those. The apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching is the Bible. And as we listen to, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the Scriptures, God tells us, He instructs us how and how not to live and to love and to get along with God and get along with people. Because the Bible is the story of who God is and what God has done in the past for His people what he's done for and with and to and through his people in the past, what he's doing, what he promises to do right now for, with, to, and through us, his people. It tells us the plans that he has for our future, and it instructs us of how it is that he loves us, always has, always will. And the scriptures give us that new life, that abundant life, that full life that the Good Shepherd tells us about. And if, if you are not spending time with God in the Bible, either listening to it or reading it every day, then you, you, you are leaving yourself helpless or at least weakened when the thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy. And he's going to come. He's going to come. And in this COVID mess, if you have already knocked off everything on your honeydew list and cleaned out all of your closets and watched every episode of Tiger King, then perhaps it would be wise to spend some time every day devoting yourself to the apostles' teaching. It will give you life. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. Fellowship comes from the, is translated from the Greek word koinonia, and it means communion. It literally means sharing life together. And in the book of Acts, we hear how those first believers shared life together, that they hung out together, they ate together, they worshiped together, they shared their stuff and their homes with each other. Now, now in this COVID mess, fellowship has taken a hit. Because we're told, we're told to stay at home. We're told to stay, if we, if we get around people, we're supposed to stay six feet away from them. We're supposed to wear a mask. We're supposed to avoid groups of more than 10. All of those things. But even if we are physically distancing ourselves from each other, we don't have to spiritually or socially distance ourselves from each other. We can still hang out together and share life together. It just comes in a different form and takes a little extra effort. We can hang out together online like we're doing right now or on the phone or by text or by email. We can do that. We, can, we, we, we can't really get together and share a meal, but we can put posters, pictures of our meals on Facebook and, and pretend like we're eating together. 
And if you are if 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 you are not spending some time with people you love, either on the phone or online or yelling at them from six feet away or through the window, if you're not spending time with people who love you, that would include your Messiah family who loves you, then you are leaving yourself helpless or at least weakened when the thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy. And in this COVID mess, if you've been interacting with a bunch of talking heads on TV who are telling you the bad news or you're letting social media get your knickers all tied up in a knot, then maybe it would be wise to reach out to someone in your Messiah family or your blood family or your friends and touch in. Email, text, telephone. Or here's a thing to think of. What about a handwritten note in the mail or a card or a postcard or a letter? A letter that they could read over and over and cherish. We have ways that we can still enjoy fellowship and share life and health and hope and love with each other. And it will give you life. Those first believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread. And breaking bread in communion is a way that God reminds us of how much he loves us, of how Jesus shed his blood on the cross and allowed his body to be broken for us. And communion is for us a physical reminder that God so loved the world, which includes us, that Jesus did all of that. And as we break bread together in communion, God nourishes our spirits and nourishes our souls and nourishes our relationships and draws us closer to himself and to each other. Now, we're not allowed to have, uh, share a common cup now. The bishop has instructed us to abstain from that for a while. But you know, you can still come to drive through communion. After this service from 11 a.m. to noon and Monday through Friday from noon to 1 and from 5 to 6 out on the Tilden Street side of the campus, come by for communion. And if, if, if you have gone to the grocery store or gone to Home Depot and not swung by and gotten drive through communion, you are leaving yourself helpless or at least weakened when the thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy. Now, if, if you have not gone anywhere because you genuinely have not gone anywhere and you're staying at home to stay safe and not made it to drive through communion, okay, but please call the office and one of our clergy will come and bring communion to you. We will deliver it to your door just like the Amazon guy and we'll put it there and we'll stand back and wait for you to come out. We'll do even better than the Amazon guy because we'll wait for you to come out and make sure somebody else doesn't come and steal it. And so we will have a visit from a social distance and share some prayer and some laughter and perhaps some tears. But we have served at drive through communion. We've served over 800 individual servings of communion. And it comes, if you haven't been, it comes in this cute little, cute little chalice that has the bread in one side and the wine in the other. And it is, it is sterile and hermetically sealed and is perfectly clean. And it has been as sweet as communion has been this year. What has really been sweet is the time and the visit and the prayer and the laughter and the tears that we've gotten to share as people come through. In this COVID 
crisis, if you're going anywhere, please come by for drive-through communion. It will give you life. They devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. To prayer. As socially or physically distanced as you may feel from people, Jesus promises to be with us always, even to the end of the age. And he is with us, and he's always open to conversation, which is what prayer is. It's talking and listening to God, thanking him for what he's done and what he's doing, asking him for help for ourselves, for our families, for our friends, for our parish family, for our community, for our nation, for the world, and seeking guidance and advice for how to live and how to love. It's talking to God as a friend, as a family member, as a lover. And God is always there, ready to listen, ready to speak if we will listen. If you are not carving out some time every day to spend, to to have a conversation with God, both talking and listening to Him, you are leaving yourself helpless, or at least weakened, when the thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy. And if you have found yourself in this time of, of distancing and self-isolation, if you found yourself talking to the TV, or to your pets, or to your house, or to the air, or just to yourself, uh, you can spend some time talking and listening to God who loves you. And you will give, will give you life. They devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Those are the ways that we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, with the Good Shepherd, and follow Him. Those are the ways that we're going to fight the thief and beat him off and find that life, that abundant life, that full life that Jesus has for us. And we would be wise. We would be wise to do all four. Now there's one more way that we can cooperate with God. There's a lot of other ways, but here's one, and that is Jesus calls himself the Good Shepherd and says, the Good Shepherd knows his sheep by name. And if we're going to have fellowship and share life with each other, and if we're going to pray for and with each other, it would be good for us to learn each other's names. That's why we have name tags. To help you cheat. If you are bad with names or you don't see somebody often enough to be able to remember, you know, if they got their name tag on, you can say, well, hey there, how you doing, Tom? Glad to see you. And we are going to help each other call each other by name, to be more like Jesus and call each other by name. Now, if you have a name tag, please wear it anytime you come on campus. You're not getting to do that very much now, but this is going to be over soon. And please wear it every time you come on campus. If you do not have a name tag yet, or if you've lost it, I have a deal for you. They're usually seven bucks, but I have a deal for you. If you will text me, email me, snail mail me, call me, and tell me your name legibly, I'll give you one for free. Because I want to help us be more like Jesus, the Good Shepherd, who calls us each by name, and who offers us life, and life to the full.